subjects this morning in our worship service. Um, ask some obvious questions before I get started. How many of you are tired of hearing about COVID-19? Okay. How many are tired of hearing this age-old argument, Democrat versus Republican? How many of you are tired already of seeing the troubles that we're having in our major cities or in this country? The riots and the fighting and the arguing. We're all tired of that, right? We're tired of all of these bad things that are happening. We're tired of grown men and women acting like children. We're tired of so many people on social media when something like this happens, they automatically become experts on everything. Bothers me a little bit. Aggravates me a little bit. You know, as tired as I am of COVID-19, I even hate saying it, as tired as I am of politics, I even hate thinking about it, as tired as I am of seeing people resort to violence to prove a point. I even hate to think about that too. I'm even more tired of people like me doing nothing about it. And I said me. Because I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. But I will say, at what point... At what point do Christians do something about it? Now, I'm not here this evening to call up a militia. That's not what I'm trying to do. That's not my goal. That's not my priority. But we do understand that if we don't do anything, if we as Christians do nothing about this situation that's going on in our world today, what kind of world, what kind of country are we leaving for these young folks right here? Those young folks over there. Young folks back there. Back there. Throughout this country. What are we leaving for them? What are we teaching our young folks when we Christians sit idly by and let grown men and women act like children and destroy our country and everything was founded upon. What do we, how do we handle that? What do we teach our kids? How do we, how do we expect our kids and our young people to, to learn what to do if we do nothing? Now again, I'm not trying to incite a riot in the valley. I'm not trying to garner up a team to go to Nashville and tell them to stop. It would be crazy to take a group of us mere citizens and go up there on the streets of Nashville and tell that mob to go back home. That's not going to work. We would be one of the casualties, more than likely. But I will tell you this. All the way back in... Ecclesiastes chapter 3. 
we read something so profound that I think it even applies to us today. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. I think now, in today's world, it's a time that we pray. It's a time now more than ever that we offer these problems, these circumstances, these things that we as an individual cannot control, that we put them into a hand that is much bigger than ours. I think it's time for the church to fervently pray for our country. I think it's time for the church to fervently pray for one another, to pray for those people who are in harm's way right now. And I'm not talking about being overseas. I'm talking about those people who are on the front lines, not in regards to COVID-19, but those who are on the front lines right now trying to protect the state capitol. Chattanooga, Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles. And yes, those men and women stand there with riot gear, they stand there with shields. They stand there with guns. Pray for those people. Pray for the ones who are sitting there trying their best. In some cases, you find that hard to believe. But those who are leading these cities as officials, trying to restore peace, we need to pray fervently for those people. Pray for those citizens who have lost their businesses and livelihood. Pray for each other. Pray for all of those things going on. Put these things in the hands of God. Do, you, do we really believe? Again, this is a question that I already know the answer to. But do we really believe that we were meant to exist in chaos like this and no hope of an end? No, that's not it. And do we believe for a second that God can't change the hearts of men? Well, yeah, He can. But many times He relies on people like me and you to do that. 
We hear the, the thing all the time of we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his voice. What are we doing to change the world? We need to have faith. We need to have faith that God can fix this. A time, a time to, to pray is right now. A time to have a relationship with God is right now. It's praying to Him, letting our requests be made known to Him. The, Paul told the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 4 to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what will happen? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know why we can pray to the God? You know why we can pray to, to someone who we should have enough faith to know he's got it handled? The Hebrew writer tells us why. In Hebrews chapter uh, 4, we use this a lot of times talking about the, the Word, and that's what he's talking about, but, but there is something that exists in this life that is more powerful than what we're seeing on television. There is something that we, that's in existence that, that's in most of our hands right now that's more powerful than what you see on television. It's more powerful than what you see what's going on in these cities around us. It's more powerful than the diseases and the sickness that's going on in major cities. It's, it's, it's more powerful than that. And the Hebrew writer says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He goes on to say, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as are we, yet was without sin. And because of that, because Jesus endured everything in all points, yet was without sin. Because of that, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now is the time that we Christians do something. Now is the time that we Christians act. Now is the time that we Christians stop sitting by the television and stop listening to the mainstream media saying, boy, it sure is bad out there, ain't it? What's that doing? We all know that. Turn the TV off. Turn the reception off your TV and your cell phone and make your reception to God. Let's pray to Him. Let's get Him involved in what's going on. The power of prayer 
Prayer works. And now is the time that we pray. You know something else in that regard? We read a lot in Scripture about action. About being active in, in the faith. We see a lot in the Scripture about those people who did great things, about those people who put their one foot in front of the other and, and moved forward and accomplished great things. And again, I'm talking about Christians like me who are not doing anything about what's going on around us. And if that's you, and you're like me, we're in this boat together. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, very familiar passage to us, as Jesus says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Some of us were able to go several years ago. Mark your Bibles right there. We'll come back in a minute. Some of us were privileged and blessed to go several years ago out to Arizona on a VBS. Now, some of that trip was, but most of that trip was, yeah, great. And I remember very vividly looking across the horizon as flat as could be and looking over to Willie and saying, Wow, the next city ain't far away. We'll be there in just a little bit. We continued to drive and drive and drive, and I was like, oh, man, I still see the lights, but I don't see the city yet. Oh, it's just took up the road a few minutes. It's not going to be that big a deal. And we continue to drive and drive and drive, and I'm thinking, man, alive. Whew, we ain't never going to get that city. Now, I'm not talking about traveling to a big city across the planet. But we can see the effects of what that city had to offer for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away. Do people, when they look at our lives, can they see the same thing spiritually? Can people across the big hill over here in Chattanooga, can they think about Bethel Church of Christ and say, Oh, yeah, I know that place. That's where Mark Cagle goes. And let me tell you what he did for me. Oh, yeah. I know Bethel. That's where T.A., one of the preachers over there. I, let me tell you what T.A. done for my, my cousin. Oh, yeah, that's, that's where those young folks are that go to all these things. And man, let me tell you how good they are, how respectful they are when they come over here to visit. You kind of see what I'm getting at now? It's time for Christians to wake up. We are the light of the world. The world needs to see us right now. He goes on to say, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and give us light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father 
which is in heaven. Oftentimes we study the armor of God and, and how that we have our helmet of salvation, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the belt of truth, and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the shield of faith, and, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we see those things that, as you imagine an ancient warrior wearing that armor, they were ready for battle. They were fully covered. They were fully prepared. And they were, they were willing and ready to go out, first and foremost, and fight the enemy. As Christians, we wear that armor. As Christians, we are willing to step forward and fight the enemy. As Christians, we are willing to stand up and say, you know what? There is a lot of turmoil in a lot of places right now. But I can tell you this, and I say this because it's not a Democrat problem. It's not a Republican problem. It's not a black, white, red, yellow problem. It's a heart problem. Our society has pushed God out. And guess what? We let it happen. That might be a hard pill to swallow. You may say, wait, hold on a second now. I, I don't know about that. I didn't, I didn't have nothing to do with, with passing these laws. No, you sure didn't. You didn't give a vote to it. But we put people in there to make those decisions. When those big votes came on the floor, did we ever call our officials and say, hey, this is how we feel about that? Did we ever write letters? Did we ever call our neighbor? Did we ever pay attention to them? And I understand this is a bigger problem than any individual can overcome. I, I get that. But there are still things and still are things we can do as Christians to let people know who we are, what we are here for, and that there is a better way to handle this. Let's stop pointing fingers at everything else. It all goes back to this. Our society has forgotten what this says. And part of that is our fault. Our fault. So what can we do to change that? It's a time to pray. It's a time to act. It's a time to teach. It's a time to work. Peter tells us, in 1 Peter 3, in verse 15, to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13 tells us to watch ye and stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men or be strong. He finishes up. Be ready. Stand. So where do we go from here? Do we continue to live in fear? Do we continue to look out into the world 
with all this uncertainty? Or do we look to God and trust Him? Do we continue to look out into the world and see everything that's crumbling around us and feel like there is not one thing we can do because we're only one person? Or do we realize that we are part of the body of Christ and that we, when we join together, can make things happen? How do we look at it? What's our perspective? Can we change the world? Absolutely. Will we change the world? We can if we want to. This lesson... I wanted to serve a purpose to remind you that regardless of what's going on around us, God is still God. He's still in control. And everything that's happening around us is to incite fear and doubt and persecution and uncertainty. And God's still sitting on His throne saying, You know what? You Christians, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. Lean on me. Rely on me. Depend on me. I'm going to take care of it. Do we believe that? Now, I'm not trying to say that we've got some miraculous thing that's going to happen in the snap of our fingers. Oh, this is going to be over with. Granted, could happen that way if God wanted to happen that way I'm not trying to speak for God but I am saying that we can begin the process of healing our country of changing our hearts of changing the outlook that many people have of one another and our country in general we can start that process in our own little corner of the world you know, if, if people want to do what they're doing, they have the ability to do that, sadly. But maybe, just maybe, maybe we could just pray and, and, and start something that people will, will look to and say, you know, I don't need the violence to get my point across. I don't need the hatred in our hearts. I don't need to play the blame game. And maybe they would look and say, you know, things were much better when people studied their Bibles at home. Things were much better when we prayed in schools. Things were much better when Christians weren't afraid to profess their faith openly. Things were much better when our nation was viewed as a Christian nation. We can start that trend. We can start that right here. Tonight, I asked you when we started, are you tired of hearing about all these things? And I am too. but I'm more tired of doing nothing when I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can do something. So I'm asking you 
in the same thing that Jesus was asking and prayed for the disciples that they be of one accord, of one mind, that we be joined together at the heart, that we have the same goal, the same affection to one another, that we love one another as God loved us. That's what we read in the Scripture. And I felt now as good as time as any to remind you of those things. I'm not going to sit idle anymore. The prayer line is going to be hot. And I hope and I pray that is your goal, the same thing. And I'm going to do my best, at least for the next few weeks, to share encouraging things with people that I see on the street, in the workplace. Let them know there's a brighter path ahead of us. Let them know that there is a much better place that we can be preparing for, a place called heaven. And in closing, I'll say one more thing. Don't let yourself be overwhelmed of what's going on around you. Because I promise you, it's not God doing it to you. This evening, if you're subject to the Lord's invitation, having never been obedient to the gospel, you have opportunity and time, and what better time than now to start that walk with Christ? By obeying the gospel, being immersed in the waters of baptism, where you can rise to walk in the of life, putting off those cares of the world, and giving yourself to God in that moment. If you've done all the things required of you to become a Christian, you've went into the waters of baptism, you've been obedient, you've been faithful, maybe you have been overwhelmed by what's going on around you. Maybe you have doubted. Maybe you've strayed away. You can come forward tonight, ask for the prayers of those that are faithful, and you can be restored as we pray with you and for you. If you are subject in any way to the Lord's invitation, we beg, plead, and pray you'll make it known while together we stand and while we sing.